Courage is a place that I want to start, actually. So these are some questions we're going to try and attempt to answer as we go through very, very quickly today. Um, but one, where I want to start... Uh, is it on? On already? Yep. Hey, you would have seen these before. These are the values of King's Church. Really, really incredibly awesome values. Generosity, honour, inclusiveness, courage and authenticity. I remember when I first came to this church that that value of authenticity was something that really struck me, that everyone in this place was incredibly, incredibly authentic. And I think that's something that's going to be a key to us moving forward. But what I wanted to hone in on today is just one of the values there, which is courage. And I think that's something in this season that God's really, really putting on my heart to be a catalyst to challenge the church is on that value of courage. Because it's when you step out in that value of courage that the big, big things happen. And I do want to just honour my wife for a moment. Last month when she got a healing, that took massive amount of courage for her to come up here and to be in front of everyone and to answer those questions that Lee lovingly asked her. But when you step up here in courage, that's when the big things happen. When you step out, you're going to see those blessings. When you step out, you're going to see those things change. And some of what I want to talk about today does take courage to exercise. It does take courage to believe that every single one of us can hear God and to, and to step out and to prophesy and to bring revelation into situations. It does take courage to do that. So I'm going to just quickly zip through a few scriptures and a few things from my experience, and hopefully that might um, spur you guys on and challenge you a little bit as well. So first question I want to ask you, what does the Bible tell us about prophecy? So if we step back and we jump into the Old Testament, Holy Spirit was present there and prophecy was as well. But the prophetic was really kind of limited to a few key people. And I guess we know them as the people who wrote the books that are the prophets now. But they were guys who had a track record of getting things right consistently. They were, they were the big boys, you know, Elijah, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, those guys who, who heard from God and they consistently got things right. And prophecy in the Old Testament was really more about predicting things that were going to happen in the future. They were guys who accurately predicted things that were going to come to pass in the future. But they did look forward to the time. In Numbers 11, verse 29, Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and the Lord would put his spirit upon them. So he had an inkling of what was to come. He was looking forward to the time when everyone would, would, uh, would be able to prophesy. And in the Old Testament, uh, a, a term that was common was really around, they talked about the office of a prophet, and it had that kind of sense of being permanent. It was something who was, they, they were people who were God's mouthpiece, and it was a sense of permanence. Although there were times when um, God did choose for the Spirit to fall on other people and, in fact, donkeys and, and other things as well. So God could cause the Spirit to fall. But where I want to kind of bring us to more today is just to really have a look at what the New Testament says about the gift of prophecy and, and about um, how we can operate in that gift. And uh, one of the chapters I want to kind of pull a few scriptures out as of 1 Corinthians, and that's kind of a place where I love to dive into. Chapters 12 to 14 are, are really a place that, that I like to kind of hang out. And um, in Corinthians, in, in chapter 12, Paul opens it up, and he's talking to an audience that kind of has a background that's 
They've been people who have uh, had multiple gods, basically. So they've had gods for everything under the sun. And they've, they've worshipped those gods for what they think uh, they bring about. So Paul really labours when he opens up in, in chapter 12 and he, he's talking to that audience and he wants to set them on the right foundation. And, and uh, the foundation that he's trying to set them off on is that there is only one God, all right? but there's one God who distributes all the gifts through the Holy Spirit. And so... That's something that we need to have at our foundation is that there is one God and he distributes the gifts through the Holy Spirit. Yep, they're handed out and those gifts can be diverse too. I mean, you'll see in this church the various expressions that we have of the prophetic gift. I've got one, but there's other people that you heard from today and they're all great expressions of the prophetic gift. There's no one expression that's right. There's going to be multiple expressions of it, but it all has its origin back in the one God distributed through the Holy Spirit. And as the Message Bible puts it, when it tries to sums it up, is, yep, the Holy Spirit, uh, through the Holy Spirit, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. And so when, when, um, so when Paul is, is talking to the Corinthians also too, he's really trying to get through to them that the Holy Spirit has actually worked into your lives. It's not something that you have to strive for, that, we, that when you're a Christian and you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's worked into your lives. And because it's worked into your lives, it starts to affect the way that you act, the way that you think, and the way that you operate. Um, and then later on in, the, in, in that same chapter, he goes on and uses the analogy about because there's gifts that are given, and they're given to different people, that each one of us has something important to offer. And then he uses that analogy of the body and how the different parts of the body come together and how they operate together. And to have that full expression of God, you've got to have all of the different people operating in the gifts to get that, that full expression. So people have often said to me, what, what exactly happens when you prophesy? You know, what, how, how does that come about? And I want to suggest that it's really this simple. <laughs> okay? So prophecy is about... Uh, a revelation that you receive from God, arrow coming down, and the prophetic is the arrow going out. It's a report of that revelation. So it's about God will bring something to your mind and it's bringing that report in, in human words. And it's something that quite often God will spontaneously bring to your mind. Now for me, um, the, way that, the way that he does it for me is quite often it'll be a one word or a phrase so, for example, uh, when I was looking at Tim during worship, God said to me, get ready, get ready. You need to tell him to get ready. And the way that I then operate off that is I'm going to ask, well, why God? Why does he need to get ready? What more is there that you want me to tell him? Um, why does he need to know that? And it's about really I'd encourage you to have those dialogues with God because he does want to speak to you. He does want to tell you those things. He does want to reveal those things to you. And so another way sometimes that uh, he'll operate is, and uh, my good friend Mandy has shared this with me before, is that um, nature and pictures of things will speak to her. You know, she'll be in an environment like uh, walking along a beach and seeing nature, and in those things, God can speak to you. All right? So be open that you're not just limited to one thing that might be a phrase or a word or something. There's various ways that 
God can speak to you. Um, I mean, I've even been at work before and God's spoken to me about the mundane activities that I'm doing and used that to launch off to give people a, a, a word about something. And so one of the things that I was uh, also kind of first taught by one of uh, the guys who mentored me when I was just starting out uh, and in the prophetic was that you kind of got to think of yourself a little bit like a courier, all right? So when you put something in the post and the courier delivers it, delivers it, that's exactly what they do. They deliver it. They don't open it up, have a look inside and go, oh, this looks good. Uh, yeah, I think Lee deserves to get this because uh, this is a pretty good, uh, pretty good present that's inside this parcel, so I'll give it to Lee. It's just about you, you are the courier. You're the courier for God. You're going to give them the word and not, and not judge it. Because sometimes uh, I've found myself in situations where you're delivering some stuff and in your own mind, if you allowed it to, you'd be going, Nat will never do that. There's no way I could see Nat doing that. All right? And you start to filter out the things that God wants to bring and the revelation that, that God wants to bring in, 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 into a situation. All right? Always, though, as a Christian, we're asking ourselves the question, is what I'm prophesying in line with Scripture? Is this in line with what God would want me to say? Is this in line with God's plan for all of us? All right? It can still be an outrageous thing that's going to take courage and strength to do, but it's got to be in line with Scripture. This is an idea that I like too that I stumbled across, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit and how um, we, when you get a revelation, how you operate. And this is a, it is somewhat like a mother who freely shares her knowledge with a child who is struggling with his homework. She does not share all her knowledge, but only what is needed for that particular moment. This child may need her help again later the same day or the next, way, or the next day. In a similar way, the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow forth from the Holy Spirit for particular needs and occasions. The initiative for their operation lies with the Holy Spirit, as is obvious from the passages in Corinthians, which state that he operates as he wills. So there's going to be times where God's just going to give you the bits you need for now, and then you can ask him for some more, and he'll give you the bits that you need for the more. So what is it for? What's the purpose of prophecy? Why do we prophesy? I'm going to just read you a little bit uh, from a really great book. If you haven't read it, I'd encourage you to. It's called Developing Prophetic Culture. It's by a guy called Phil With You, who's from the Bedford Church. You would have seen him. They came to our last camp. All right, really, really good prophetic, strong prophetic gift. And I'll just read you out uh, his definition of what, what it's for. When the apostle is writing about the essence of the prophetic, he makes the summary statement to the Christians in Corinth. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. The Greek word used for encouragement in this verse is paraklesis, which means an intimate urging or call that someone, that someone personally gives to deliver God's verdict. When we choose to encourage, we are speaking prophetically into people's lives of the very way God views them from his divine vantage point. When God's children encourage, 
one another. They are speaking their new native language. So the gift of prophecy is there to, to encourage. It's there to encourage each other. It's there to bring that divine um, revelation from God, from his perspective, from how he sees people. That's what the gift of prophecy is there for. It's also there um, to, to equip, all right? So I believe that the prophetic gift is used to equip people. It can be used to call out what God sees in people. I think that there's a place for those that are strong in the prophetic gift to not just prophesy, but to be about equipping all the other people in the church as well. All right? Prophecy is not just limited for the superstars or for those that step out in it. It's there for everybody. And, and part of my, people like me and, and Nat and Pete and, and others of you who are strong in the gift is to be equipping everyone. And when I say equipping, it's not just equipping you to prophesy. All right? It can be a catalyst for you to be equipped in other ways as well. Okay? I mean, what am I, what am I trying to say? Last week we heard from Lee, all right? And you can be damn certain that before he got up here, he heard from God about what he was going to say. And when he heard from God about what he was going to say, we were equipped with how we should go about looking to God to heal people. All right? So out of the prophetic revelation can come equipping. I think also a strong uh, uh, point of, of prophetic is about connecting with people. And what do I mean by that? If you and I are having a conversation and I've never, ever met you before, and God reveals something to, to me about your past, about what have, might, might have gone on in your past, and I'm suddenly going to say to you, look, uh, I just believe that God wants you to know that what happened to you when you were a child is X, Y, Z. Suddenly I've established a connection with you. Now, I never knew you before, but I've established a connection with you that otherwise, I don't know, might have taken me 15 or 20 cups of coffee with you before you grew to trust me or you grew to even want to open up to me. But yet through the Holy Spirit and the revelation, I've suddenly established a connection with you that in an instant has allowed me to be the bridge across what God can walk to reveal new truth into your life about things that have happened to you in the past and things he wants to do to you in the future. All right? So it's about connecting. It's about establishing a connection. And that God-given connection can happen in that instant that, as I said, would otherwise take me 10 or 20 cups of coffee with you before we even got there. And when I talk about equipping people as well, what I'm saying there is that all roads should actually lead to you as an individual being able to hear from God, not you as an individual going, ah, Nat's strong prophetically, I'm going to go and ask him what God thinks about the situation, about what I should do next. Now, if we're building each other up and equipping each other, then all roads should lead to you as an individual being able to go and go, hey, God, this is going on. What are you, what's your word on the situation? What should I be doing? Where should I be going next? Who can prophesy? I think uh, I've given this answer away. It's really, really simple. You can. <laughs> it is that simple. Yeah. You can. All right. You, you believe in Jesus. You believe that the Holy Spirit's present. All right. You believe that He's active. 
you can prophesy. It is really that simple. But it comes back to what I said at the start. It actually takes courage to get in that place where you go, God, I actually want to hear from you. I want to hear from you so that I can be someone who makes a difference. I want to hear from you so I can be the bridge across that you're going to walk across to make a difference in my friends' lives. You can prophesy. It is that simple. It is that simple. So having established that it's you, let's wrap a couple of boundaries around it as well. Um, in Ephesians 4, uh, God says, uh, sorry, Ephesians 4, Paul's writing in verse 11, he says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people and to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ. So it says there that the gift of, we'll just pick on the gift of prophecy, the prophets, the people who are skilled in, in uh, delivering a prophetic word, are to do their duty until we attain the fullness of Christ. I don't know about you guys, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but when I look around the room, none of us look like Christ. We're on the journey, but none of us are there yet. So that tells me that we should all be prophesying until we look like Christ. All right, real, real simple. We should be doing it, as well as those other gifts, but I'm just picking on prophecy in this one. All right. So while, while none of us have attained the fullness or Christ hasn't returned... We're to be prophesying. We're to be in the act of prophesying. So we still need it. He then goes on in verse 14, and Paul says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. All right? So he's saying there, linking back to the verses I read earlier, that we're about demonstrating the gifts, we're about walking in the prophetic so that we're to remain on a firm footing and we're to be the ones who influence all right, we're the ones who are not to be influenced by what's going on around us. We're to be the ones that through exercising the gifts, we're going to influence what's going on around us. All right. So I missed that verse, but there you go. You see there Paul says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities of the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. All right. We've all seen this before, this verse. This is the time that we are living in, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Again, we're living in that time, right? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's you guys. God's a God of order too, and I think that that's something that's worth mentioning here as well. Um, and so, again, picking up on 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 29, 
Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. You see that playing out on, on, on Sundays here. All right, so God's a God of order that he wants us to hear, but he wants things to be in order. All right, and you've seen the way that we do it is via our, our MC here at the meeting, and you'll see conversations that go on occasionally where we believe we've got a word that's relevant for there, and we'll submit it to the leadership of the person who's leading the meeting at that point in time. Because God is a God of order. And at the end of the day, the gift is about not about me as an individual having a platform to be able to come up here and go, hey, look at me, look at how great I am. It's about serving this church. And so the gift is laid down to the order of the person running the meeting because God is a God of order. Yes, we are to prophesy. Yes, we are to have our turn, but God is a God of, a God of order. And the other thing that I think is, is worth, worth mentioning uh, here is that just around the whole idea of uh, sometimes we can think, ah, oh, but what if I don't get it right? I'm not going to step out because I'm worried if I'm going to get it right or it's going to be horrible and I'm going to fall flat on my face. So you might have established, yep, it's in line with Scripture, but oh, I'm worried about falling, falling flat on my face. Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8, Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture, but the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. In verse 12 he goes on and says, All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. So what he's saying there is that yeah, there are going to be times where we do prophesy in part. There are going to be times where I get up here and uh, I give a word and someone's going to go, that's not even me. You're prophesying to me and that's not even me. That's okay. You can tell me that's not me. Yeah. It's about us creating a safe space where we're going to say, hey, we value the gift of prophecy. We believe that the gift of prophecy is for now. We believe it's relevant, and we're going to create a safe space where individuals and courage can step out and say, hey, I think this is what God's saying right now. It's about that safe space, because we do only prophesy in part. The only time we're going to know everything is when God comes again. It's the only time we're going to know everything and get it right. Why should we prophesy? I've got two reasons I want to share with you about why we should prophesy. And could we just show that clip if that's right? I just want to show you a clip. It is four minutes, but I think it's worth just seeing the whole four minutes. There's a, um, a Jeff and Tiffany. Does that make sense to anybody? Jeff and Tiffany? Are you guys Jeff and Tiffany? I saw Howard the Duck. It's just part of my process. What is Howard? Our last name. Oh, your last name. So this yeah. is like, okay. I thought there was a Howard person. Um, I feel like 
you guys are on a health journey. There's something that this year you're initiating something that um, I feel like the Lord's put in your heart to be a healthy, healthier version of you. And, and uh, this is important for your life because uh, just where he's gonna bring you, there's someone um, named Audrey. Is that right? Audrey, the little artist. Does that make sense? It's my daughter. It's your daughter. And uh, is there a Salesville Road? It's the road I live on. Is it 1608? It's my address. And then March 24th, what is that? Our anniversary. You know, God's, God's obviously put your, put your family together in uh, such a beautiful way. And there's a big purpose on your life and, and on Audrey's life. And God wants to give you the full health to sustain that. And so that's one of the reasons why he's put in your heart a health journey. And uh, he's, he's put on you guys such a powerful love for people that he wants to turn into both a ministry and a business. I feel like there's a business that you already have that he wants to change. I don't know if it's, it feels like it's on you though. It feels like, do you have a business? Yeah, so like clothes or something, or clothing store or something? Like, is that, okay, so she, she's saying yes. And there's more. There's multiple streams of income that God wants to bring to you to finance adventures you'll go on. And I feel like the Lord said it's not just for other people, but it's for your family. And I felt like um, you experienced a great loss. And I, I'm, I'm, oh God. Uh, sorry, I just have, I have a, Eight week old, so it's really hard because you um, you had a, a little daughter who's in heaven, whose whose name is Morgan. She's your little angel, and uh, and she she was such a joy to you guys. She was such a joy, and it was a tragedy. It was never God's intention for her to die. Just so you know, He was with you the whole way. It was never His intention, but now that she's there, she's she's literally praying every part of her destiny would just be a double portion for Audrey and for your life. She's with Jesus, just praying with Jesus. She's, she's, she's a fully developed, you know, what we're supposed to be. God's original intention is over. And he wants to comfort your heart now. I feel like it's time to move on completely. And you'll know this because Supernatural is gonna give you a spirit of healing that will heal the grief completely. And uh, even tonight as I'm seeing her, I, I, I see uh, the love that you have and that love is gonna help you because you're gonna have a, a spirit of adoption for a nation. And God's gonna use you, it's not your primary calling, but in a missionary way to help children at risk. And it's gonna, you're gonna help change the condition of children. And this would have been her calling is to work with children at risk and children who are underprivileged. She would have had a justice, mercy calling in her life. And there's some sort of foundation that God's gonna allow you to set up for her or for, in honor of her because she had this, it's the same justice heart you guys have, but it would have been amplified. And I feel like the Lord just showing me that uh, she is alive. It's not that she, her memory will live on, she will live on and her calling will be made complete through you guys. And you're gonna live for even more. It's like you get more, you get bonus prize, you get a double calling. And I know that's not necessarily consolation, but it's such a short time before you, you know, it's just a lifetime before you'll be with her forever. And I feel like God is showing me that uh, wow, he's just touching your hearts right now. And he's gonna do something this week, not only this word, but he's gonna do something else to bring the right healthy closure. You've done a great job of closure, but a right healthy closure, the final closure. And you're gonna feel like a new wind in life that's gonna be like an amplification to push you forward with so much momentum. And so bless you guys. I just see Jesus smiling with her. I'm telling you, she's like watching you like we watch reality television. 
It's awesome. Bless you guys. For those of you who don't know, that was a guy called Sean Bowles. Very, very well developed gift. All right. <clears throat> but again, nothing that isn't attainable by anyone in this room if you set your heart on hearing from God. All right. So why should we prophesy? You can't help but say that that wasn't attractive. All right. That was attractive. That attracts people to God with a degree of accuracy that he spoke into their lives and God had revealed facts to him about them that allowed that connection to be made. All right? It's about making that connection again. It's attractive. It draws people in. Uh, Paul, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, but if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everyone is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So we will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. If you didn't know God and you had someone nail you with a word of knowledge like that, with a massive degree of accuracy, and then prophetically speak into your destiny, you can't help but fall on your face and say, God is really among you. God is really among you. But the prophetic is attractive. Just coming back to that courage thing, a genuine word from God will hit the spot even when you bring it tentatively. All right? Even when you bring it tentatively. That's because, one, you're sharing something that could, you could only know by supernatural means. And secondly, the Holy Spirit will bring impartation or conviction with a word that originates from God. Even if you bring it tentatively, it's going to hit the mark. Second reason why we should prophesy. I believe that when we do prophesy, culture and destiny are changed because it's our Heavenly Father speaking. All right. Story from the Bible. Elijah. You would have all heard of Elijah and the widow. All right, so God spoke to Elijah in uh, 1 Kings 17. So he spoke to Elijah and saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So God spoke to Elijah. He goes, and then he meets up with the widow. And he says, can I have a cup of water? She says, cool. And then he says, can I have a bit of bread? And she says to him, uh, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread and only a handful of flour in the bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. Right. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring some to me and afterwards make some for yourself. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. God spoke and her destiny was changed. Her destiny was, I'm making myself a feed, I'm lighting a fire and I'm going to die. All right? God speaks and her destiny's changed. All right? It goes on further 
And she sees another miracle after that because uh, Elijah ends up bringing her son back to life. Again, God spoke. Elijah went to the widow. God spoke again. The widow's destiny was changed. All right? Elijah being there and the widow's son was raised from the dead. God speaks and destiny and culture are changed. Another story for you. Again, from this little book. The effective, genuine, God-anointed, well-timed and well-led prophetic ministry should be the flowing of the river of God's presence. Order in God's kingdom means life, and a prophetic culture understands how to flow with God to bring about what he desires among his people. He goes on to talk about uh, an event. So I'd spent the first part of the weekend teaching and prophesying, and I could feel the temperature of expectation rising as we headed into Sunday morning. As I began to prophesy about God's power to heal the sick, two young girls came running in at that very moment from their groups to share that Jesus had healed them. Their story of breakthrough led to more, as is often the case. Two ladies were healed of sinus problems, one of a long-standing lower back pain, one of the after-effects of a broken ankle that had led to ligament damage, and one man felt significant improvement in his asthma. It was a beautiful time. On top of this, two young men gave their lives to Christ that morning, having seen the demonstration of God's power in the church. One of them described how in the worst time he could feel heat and fire going up his arms, so he started to raise them like everyone else, even though he was not yet a believer. After opening his heart to Jesus, he told us that he had come that morning as an atheist, but was leaving as a Christian. God was showing off his supernatural, abundant goodness, and it was amazing to see. God spoke. Culture and destiny were changed. Two girls who were sick were healed. Two ladies were healed. One person was healed from back pain. One person's ankle was healed. Someone had an improvement in asthma and there was two new converts. God spoke and culture and destiny has changed. That's what we've got to hang out for, church. God speaks and culture and destiny changes. It changes. I believe that's something that he wants to do today. He wants to speak. He wants destiny and culture to change in, in, in this place. I want to take you back to February, earlier this year. This is a prophetic word that God gave me for this place. All right? There's a sound of abundant rain, and I'm declaring prophetically that 2018 will be the year of abundant rain for this church, that everything you've hoped and prayed for in the past will come to fruition in 2018. The things that as a church you've longed for will come to pass in 2018. Yes, 2018 will be a year where you reap abundantly, even from what others have sown. It is a year of increased favour. 2018 is to be a year of responding to the prophetic. There was a passage in there that I related to where um, Elijah sent a servant out to see for rain, to look for rain, and he sent him out seven times and he saw nothing. And there's going to be times where the prophetic statement will go out and I'm calling you to pray it into being, calling you to bracket up with prayer, to pray it through until it settles in your being. Secondly, when the prophetic statement is made, it's about taking action off the back of it The prophetic is not just about predicting the future. It's about taking action to bring it into being. 
In the passage, the servant went seven times until he saw a change. There will be times where I'll call you, church, to go seven times before you see the change or breakthrough. But know this, if I make the statement, it will come to pass, for I am your God and I am at the center of it. There'll be times when you see no change, but I ask you to trust me and go again because I'm a God that can be trusted. There will be a prophetic explosion in this place that this will become a year of increased revelation. This will be a church marked with increased prophetic activity on a Sunday and into every area of the church and every activity of the church will carry this DNA. You heard today about going seven times until you hear a breakthrough, until you see a breakthrough, about praying. Grant shared 12 years praying, all right, until you see that breakthrough. Church, we serve a God who can be trusted, that if you want to ask him for revelation, he's going to give you revelation. Culture in this place has changed. People embrace the fact that there will be a prophetic explosion in this place. I get excited every Sunday here when I come in and I see someone new come up to the front and share what they believe that God's put on their heart. All right? But I'm always sitting here going, God, I want more. God, I want more. I want more. I love seeing someone with that well-developed gift because it sees me going, God, how can I get more of that? How can I do that with more accuracy? How can I hit the mark with more accuracy? Here's a statement that God gave me last week. The way you see yourself and the picture you have of your abilities combined with the revelation you have about your destiny will reflect the kingdom you partner to build around you. See, church, God wants to give each of you a new picture today. If you haven't got one of how he sees you, he wants to give you that picture today. If you think you're worth nothing or you undervalue your abilities, he wants to give you a real picture of how he sees your abilities today. Because those things are the foundation for what you believe the kingdom is going to look like around you, of what you partner with him to build. See, if you've got this inkling in your head that your abilities are this big, well, then that's going to be the kingdom that you build around you. But your God's limitless. The kingdom that you build around yourself should be limitless. It should be limitless. You should expect to hear from God on a regular basis. You should expect to have that revelation. You should expect to have it. He doesn't want us to build a small version of the kingdom. He doesn't want us to build a narrow version of the kingdom. But he wants a full version of the kingdom that has all of these gifts operating in it. All of the gifts operating in it. I believe this morning that God is looking for a, for a response. All right. He's looking for a response from you guys. I'd love to have the chance to pray with any of you. All right. If you're sitting here today and you're sitting here and you're going, I've never, ever heard from God, then I'd love to pray with you. If you're sitting here today and you're going, yeah, I've heard from God, but I want more, again, we'd love to pray with you. I know also too that every single Sunday that we come here, 
my God's a loving God, but he's also a God who likes to pull some people out, likes to connect with some people. And I know that there's been some people who maybe are sitting on some words or some prophetic uh, statements. gave me was that Abraham waited. God told Abraham he was going to have um, a nation. But it didn't happen until after 25 years. God told Joseph that his brothers were going to bow down before him. But it didn't happen until after 11 years. David was anointed to be a king. But he waited serving Saul for 11 years. And another four years in Ziglag. But he tarried. They all tarried. The prophecy can come forth. The healing could have been spoken. Like Lee said, we don't get discouraged. Just keep pushing, knowing that we have a God that can bring it to reality. John chapter 14, verse 1. Because God knows, Jesus knows that Satan can put fear in our hearts. The first verse in John 14, he says, Do not let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. I felt like beating Jesus Christ because he just wants us to believe. And you go to verse 12, uh, verse 12 of the same chapter 4. Say, so if you believe, you do the same thing. You will even do greater things. Why? Because I am going to be with my Father. Or anything whatsoever that you ask in my name will be done. Why? So that the name of the Lord can be glorified in his Son. What Steve has shared is just, I mean, reiterating what God wants us to do. And please, let's just, let's just hold on and just trust God because Satan is a liar and he's the accuser of brethren because you keep accusing you of what you cannot do or what you've done in the past. Praise the Lord. Awesome. We need to hear what, uh, what Steve has the provocation he's brought which is everybody can hear from God and when you hear from God culture shifts and destinies change and I just feel like what we need to do is actually pray for some people if you feel like you just either I've never heard from God or I struggle to hear from God or you're just desperate for more to hear from God what we want to do is, is just gather you up on the front here and there's going to be other people in this room who are desperate who are saying I've got some things to share I've got some prophetic things that are going to affect people that are going to change things I would encourage you, if you're bubbling with something, then come down, lay a hand on someone, pray for them, pray that they can hear God's voice, and then encourage them with the things that God is sharing for you to share with them. So I might just pray over us, and then we're going to do that. We're going to have to collect the kids too, because they need to finish their time. Father, we just want to thank you so much that you're speaking, 
you're encouraging us. Lord, we thank you that when you speak, lives are changed. Lord, I thank you that my life was absolutely changed when you spoke to me as a 15-year-old. You set me on a course to do the things I'm doing today because of what you said to that little kid. Lord, I thank you so much that that can be all of our stories again and again as you speak life to us, Lord Jesus. And Father, I just pray that you would release the lives from people who say, I can't hear God's voice, or He speaks to everyone but me, or I'm overlooked. Father, we pray you'd release that and bring identity to say, yep, my children hear my voice, my sheep hear my voice. I pray you just bed that into the church, into this church in Jesus' name.